Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. In this episode, we are going to talk about email productivity tips. This is the second in the series on productivity. And like the last episode, which was on project management, my wife, Elizabeth, is joining me for this conversation. In fact, this episode is a sort of a rebroadcast. Uh, my wife and I had a podcast called Survive the 9 to 5, and we talked about, you know, kind of corporate and job-related stuff, as you could imagine, with a name like that. So anyway, that's what this episode is from, and we're going to send it over, we being, you know, me right now and you, we're going to send it over to that discussion, and afterwards, I'm going to sort of talk about uh, some current email productivity things that I am working with right now. So, and it kind of, it all comes together and quick reminder, there are two more episodes in our productivity series. Uh, The third in the series is going to be on deep work inspired by the Cal Newport book called Deep Work. And the fourth in the series will be on prioritizing and figuring out what to work on. So let's send it over to the email productivity discussion now. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Doug. And I actually have a quick funny story about email. I remember when we had inter-school email when I was in high school, and it was so novel and so fun that you could send emails to your friend. I remember in computer science class sending emails to all my friends because the next day I wanted to come back to computer science and have so many emails that I had to like scroll to another page. And I remember thinking that was super cool. Whereas now I'd rather not get any. That's crazy. Yeah. We didn't have email or whatever in my high school or anything like that. So that was like 25 years ago. Right. Yeah. I think my first email account was uh, like AOL, something like that. You've got mail. Yep. And it was, yeah. Any email that you got was like from someone that you knew. I mean, there wasn't spam. So I, it's crazy. And it was uh, the dial up modem. I remember that was probably gave us like a Pavlovian reaction. Cause we heard, heard that like all that. And you're like starting to get a little bit, bit excited. Cause you're about to get some emails and get on the interweb. Very exciting. Pretty cool. And I was going to say, now people get lots of emails. It would have been really great for us to look up some stats, but (laughs) we didn't. People get a lot of emails. And just, you know, thinking back to my corporate days, I would probably end up with a hundred or so emails a day, something like that. You could imagine a lot of them you don't necessarily have to take action on. But I mean, it was a flood of emails. Now it, I don't have like a corporate email that I have to deal with, but I think I get even more emails than I used to. Um, maybe not more than a hundred, but I, there's more that I need to take action on each day. So I was tuning out Doug as he was talking. Cause I thought, how many emails do we get a day? So I have no idea. This is from the internet somewhere. How many emails does the average person receive per day? An average office worker receives 121 emails a day and sends around 40 business emails daily. That's a lot. 
Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about really managing your inbox and being able to take action on emails that you need to and just being productive with email. So me personally, I use uh, Gmail for most things now because I don't work in a corporate setting. And even if I have other you know, email accounts, like I funnel everything over to one single Gmail account that I could sort and get to if I need to. And what email do you use at work? At work, we have Outlook, Microsoft Outlook. And then personally, I have Yahoo and Gmail accounts, but they don't funnel to each other. So I guess I have three separate email accounts that I'm managing. Okay, gotcha. And you know what? I also have a Yahoo account from way back, but it's mostly for, you know, I call it spam, but it's mostly for like newsletters or stuff like that that I'm not really actively reading, especially like retail stores. So just once a week or so, I'll pop over and have a look at those. One thing we could talk about in the you know, survive the nine to five mindset. So you get a bunch of emails at work and how can you deal with those, especially if you're getting, you know, whatever the average was 120 per day. Do you get a ton of emails at work or it's not too bad? Um, right now I think it's not too bad, but I've gone through times where I did receive, I don't know, hundreds of emails a day. I have always had an email management policy. I I don't know. I, maybe I'm a little OCD or I just, I just can't stand having emails in my inbox. So, and then I knew people who would literally have like a thousand unread emails and there'd be 1500 emails in, in their inbox at work. And I just, I, I can't live like that. So for me, emails, if they're not actionable, if I don't need to do anything with them, I get them out of my inbox and I file them into saved folders. So some companies have uh, like retention policies. So your emails will automatically get deleted out of your inbox if they've been there for too long. I think that's probably a great thing. So people don't junk it up. But um, you can create saved folders probably in, in any email server you can create saved folders. And so I maybe, you know, would have folder A, folder B, folder C. I read the email. If I need to do something with it, I do something with it. If I don't, I file it away. And by the end of the week on Friday, my goal is always to have less than 20 emails sitting in my inbox and they're all read. I never have unread emails, but I think I'm pretty unusual. I think so too. Yeah. Am I corporate days. And then I'll talk about how I manage things now and like the parts that I struggle with. But in the corporate days, I didn't necessarily clear my inbox on a weekly basis. And at some point I just stopped um, sort of putting things in folders and I would just throw everything into one archive, knowing that if you can search for an email effectively, then you don't need to put it in a particular folder because at some point, the folders get too big with too many messages to even search through. So I would just archive on a periodic basis. But like you, I read all the emails and I never had like unread emails, even at the end of the day. So, you know, that brings us to the point where if you're getting 100, we'll just say 100 emails a day, that means you're getting uh, one every few minutes. 
And when you're checking out your email, do you, um, do you look at the emails as you get them or do you batch it and then, you know, check your email periodically at specific times during the day? I don't batch it. I wouldn't say I address every email as it comes in. I have a couple monitors now, so I usually have my email open on one monitor and like my active work on the other one. So I think I see what comes across, so I know what's there if there's anything that needs to be addressed immediately. But I don't necessarily reply to everyone right as it comes in. Does that make sense? So I know it's there. I don't turn it off. I don't ignore it. And I do have the little email pop-up that I can see even if I don't have my email up on a screen. Um, so I know what you're getting at. Doug's leading. He's leading me. Um, I do let it serve as a distraction throughout the day, but I don't let it totally interrupt me as I go. Gotcha. And when I was using Outlook, I remember when they put out that version that like added notifications to your desktop, I quickly figured out how to disable that. It was kind of, I was like, Oh cool. Like, you know, when an email comes in and blah, blah, blah. But at some point I was like, it's really like every two minutes there's like some pop-up thing. And Mm -hmm. I think at first I was like, Oh, I can reply back sooner, but I just, it drove me crazy. So I turned that off and then I could just go check it when I needed to still ran in the background, but no notifications. And I actually, to this day, I still don't have notifications and I use a Mac and they try to add notifications, but it's just so fucking annoying. So I turn off notifications. They do not come on my screen and I'll go look at stuff when I'm ready to go look at it. Not when someone need like when someone sends me an email, I don't need to look at it right away. Basically. So. And I've worked with some some jerky people over the years, and <clears throat> they probably would say the same about me, but there's the, in Outlook, there's the exclamation point that you can put for, you know, a very important email. And I've worked with some people who hated that. They They thought, you know, I don't care what you think the priority of this email is. I'll deal with it when I want to deal with it. So I use those exclamation points very sparingly. And more than the exclamation point, if I need something immediately, well, one, it's probably better to call or do it face-to-face. But if I do need to write an email and I want something immediate, I usually put please read in all caps in the subject line. Mm. I used and to that, do like, oh. Yeah, and that indicates for the people on the other end, if they aren't good email managers and they have hundreds a day as, as they're scanning through it, if they see please read in all caps, I hope that's an indicator to them that, Hey, maybe you should read this because Elizabeth needs something. I usually I, I used to put action required because like please read is not super direct in my opinion. It's just like oh read it, but I'm, maybe I don't need to take any action. But action required is like action required. Hey, I'm even learning something. Good mm-hmm. tip, Doug. Thanks. Maybe I'll change that. <laughs> We're talking about uh, like receiving the emails and sending a little bit and. I guess once you archive them, like if you need to go find other emails or or whatever, are you using like uh, some advanced searches or do you have any tricks with that or do you just kind of go hunt and look through? I don't have any tricks with that. I mean, I use the search features, keywords, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, no big tricks. Okay. But I, I save almost everything. 
I save a lot mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I have a good memory, but I don't remember everything. If that makes sense. So, uh, I, I even, I have to find, like, I have to find stuff. And then sometimes I even write myself emails to summarize meetings or to summarize something I want to remember or something that happens. And so I'll write myself an email and then file that away. So I have it there too. If I think it could be a problem in the future or contentious or someone's not going to remember something or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But no big search tips. Okay. So I, I think that was one of the things I was good at. So I remember maybe we should have opened with something like this, what doesn't work. So I had a few, actually I knew a lot of people that would set up rules and just filters and different mechanisms to make the 120 emails seem smaller. So they would like route things from certain people or with certain subject lines to folders. And they would spend a lot of time like trying to figure out how to set up those filters and all that stuff. And then when it came down to it, they couldn't find the emails. (laughs) So they didn't know how to search very well and they were trying to sort it but really it just like got it out of their inbox, but then they couldn't find it later. Anyway, my superpower I think was I was able to like hear someone reference a specific email that was sent out on a, you know, maybe I was in a meeting and then in like two seconds I'd have the email up and everyone else was kind of like behind just, they couldn't get to it. And basically I just knew how to search well really simple stuff. So like you said, you could search via keywords, who it's from, what's in the subject line. And probably one of the biggest things that I used was like the date in which it was sent. Because if you work at a place for a few years or so, you may end up with hundreds of emails from a person. And then it's not good enough to be able to say, you know, it's from Fred. You have to look at the emails from Fred sent, you know, in a specific week or something like that. And then you could really narrow it down and look through the five or six that you may have gotten that week. I agree that those routing rules can be problematic, but they can also be a very good thing. And if, if you don't understand what Doug was talking about, I've only used those in Outlook, but you can, like I used to get, it was a daily update email around something. I can't even remember what, but Every day I got this email in my box and it wasn't anything actionable that I needed to do. It was more just for your reference, FYI, and it always had the same subject line. So I set up a rule. If you ever see this exact subject line, move the email to this folder. And so I think for those types of of things, they can be very useful just to get stuff out of your inbox so you don't have to deal with it. But yeah, setting up too much of those is probably a big problem because you're going to miss something. The emails, when they move to those folders, still show as unread. So that's at least an indication that, oh, hey, I have 10 emails in this folder, but it's definitely out of your immediate line of sight. Yeah. And I, I use those filters also, but it was stuff like you're talking about. So automated emails that always came out. And at some point, I'm like, I don't need like these six emails a day mm-hmm. that basically just have information. If I ever need to go look at whatever data is in there, then I could just go look if I need to. So I would use them strategically like that. And the ones I'm talking about are like people are trying to route things because it's 
an email from a person on a certain team. So that sort of thing. But one thing to be aware of, I mentioned companies can have retention policies on emails. I think that can also apply to sent items, which was a new thing for me because I, I, at other companies, my sent items were there forever and even sent items expire. So if I know that I'm sending something and I want a record of that, I'll, I'll uh, blind copy myself on it and then file that away too. Good point. Yeah, good point. Oh, okay. Can we uh, change gears a little bit when we're talking about emails? Expect anything that you write an email to go anywhere. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> if you put it in writing and you send it out in email, it, anyone could end up with it. How might that happen? Well, I mean, a couple of ways. It's very easy to forward an email to somebody else. And something that just happened to me recently, I sent uh, an email in reference to a meeting that I wasn't going to attend to a person. They said, oh, you're not going to be there. Will you, will you, you know, let me know what you think? So I jotted down a few notes. That person actually pulled that email up in front of the whole meeting group at the meeting. So it wasn't just Elizabeth said this or Elizabeth had concerns with this. They actually pulled the email that went privately to her up in front of the whole group. So uh, it could also get printed out and left somewhere. I mean, if and your company, they, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I actually believe the retention policies that they actually do delete delete things off the servers. Maybe they do. But if you put it in writing in an email, even in your Yahoo or Gmail or whatever, I would just assume that it's there forever and that anybody could end up reading it. Mm-hmm. Further, you know, now we may even get our corporate emails on our smartphones. So, you know, for me working for myself now, like all the emails I get, you know, would come to my phone um, unless I, I don't want them to, which I actually limit that because it's kind of, it's a little insane to be able to get an email 24 hours a day and have your phone vibrate at you. So, you know, me personally, I don't have uh, notifications for emails. I don't have the little um, banner or badge to show me how many unread emails. So it doesn't, it used to get in my head and I'm like, Oh no, I got one email. Oh, I better go check on it. Now it's only when I go look to see if I have anything on my schedule when I'm ready to go look for it. That's smart. I used to have when I think when I first got a smartphone, I had the, um, the emails pushed out to me and I got a, like you said, a buzz or a ding, but I pull everything now. And I also, I do have work email on my phone. I don't always have it active, but I always turn it off over the weekend. So I don't, I don't have it there as a reminder. Right. I think, you know, depending on where you're working, you have to obviously meet the expectations. But a lot of times, not always, but at least in my experience, sometimes you may feel like you need to check your email all the time and during the weekends because that's what everyone else does. But it may not be a policy or something you have to do. Also, I got laid off, so maybe I'm not the right person. <laughs> but I mean, you got to set boundaries. Otherwise, you know, you're getting emails and on the weekend and thinking you have to reply back. And sometimes if you just clarify with the team or whoever you're working with, 
you know, it's probably in most cases fine to respond during business hours. And just because somebody sent an email on Sunday afternoon, it doesn't mean you should reply back on Sunday evening. I agree. But again, we may not be the right people to talk to (laughs) because, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to, uh, you know, make partner at some right uh, consultancy or something like that, then you know maybe you got to do that stuff. But so the best, um, the best story I ever heard about an out of office. So in Microsoft Outlook, if you're going to be on vacation or so you're going to be at a conference, so you don't have access to your email, you can set up a little rule called an out of office where you can say, hey, I'm going to be away from email for the next five days. I'll reply when I get back just to let people know that um, that that's where you are. The best rule I heard about an out of office was someone put in it I'm going to be on vacation for the next two weeks. Any emails I receive during that time frame will be deleted. So if this is important, you know, email me when I get back or call me when I get back. And I thought that was awesome. I've never had the guts to put that in there. I don't think it would be well received in the places I've worked, but I love that because you get back from vacation and you can have a thousand emails to go through. You start going through them. I don't know from the earliest to the latest or from the most recent, however you decide to do it. And a lot of that stuff will already have been taken care of and you're just wasting your time, you know, sorting through stuff that's two weeks old. So I loved that out of office, but I don't know. I never had the guts to actually do it. I've heard of that a couple of times too. And I think the key part that you didn't mention there because it wasn't super relevant, but you got to leave a backup or a couple of people like, Hey, if you need something, these are the people to go to, to solve your problem or whatever you need. They're filling in for me. And then when you get back, you of course, like find out from them what happened, get the debriefing, and then you can maybe go through the emails if you want to. And everyone will assume that you, you know, deleted them, but at least you, you're caught up. But hopefully, your backup like told you, you know, what you needed to handle. Sure. So, but that's pretty good. I mean, and I think there were a few times where maybe I was out on vacation for a couple of weeks, and then yeah, you have literally like a thousand emails, and I mean, it takes a couple of days to go through it. And mm-hmm. I know some people, it's like you spend the first day that you're back just dealing with your inbox and figuring out like if you need to do anything. So anything else on the corporate side of email or anything? I have a few other tips that I do just on email management. You can flag things for follow-up. So when I say I only want to have like 20 20 emails in my inbox, I don't count the ones that are flagged for follow-up. I think I always put a date on those so you can actually create a little flag and put a date on it so it'll turn red and remind you when it's due. So that's a cool thing. I like that a lot. And then you can also put color categories on your emails. So I've had times just where there was categories of things I needed to do. And so I would make certain things green and certain things blue. And then that was also a way to sort of visually see how much stuff I had sitting out there. I think those are the two main things that I do. But there's a lot of tools with Outlook that'll help you sort of stay organized and not get overwhelmed with your emails. I think that's all for me, corporate wise. All right. You going on non-corporate? 
Yeah, I think some of the ideas translate also. So I'm using Gmail primarily. And as I mentioned, I sort of funnel all the other uh, other domains of emails that I may have out there into one account. So if you don't realize that you can like have Gmail check your other accounts for you and pull in those emails, and then you can also send on those accounts. So I have an account, Doug at nichesiteproject.com, and I can send and receive emails from that account on Gmail. So everything kind of comes together and consolidates into one place so I can see everything. So that's that's pretty cool. So I, I just need, I could open that one window or tab and then I have everything I need. Now I do, as you mentioned, sort of keep everything out of the inbox. Like some things need to go there, but some accounts I just want to immediately archive and tag. So there's no folders in Gmail, but tags and labels are pretty much the same thing. So I could click on a specific label and see everything that has that label in its box. So it's kind of like a folder, but not exactly. Anyhow, consolidating everything is really helpful. Then I don't have to check like 18 different accounts or whatever I might be dealing with. There's this really cool uh, extension for Gmail. And I think you can get it on Outlook now too. It's called Boomerang. Have you heard of it? I have not. Do you know anything about it? Or um, I remembered this documentary I saw um, where someone used a boomerang. I think it was Crocodile Dundee. Right. And he used the boomerang to get the, <laughs> the robber um, and hit him in the head. That type of boomerang? <laughs> it's similar to that. They oh, have a okay, logo cool. like that. Yeah. So Boomerang is an extension that it does a few things. So number one, it'll it can send on a delayed basis, right? So you can send an email later, you could draft it up, send it sometime in the future. It could be like 15 minutes or 15 days, whatever you want. You can also flag flag the email um, to basically go to the top of your inbox for a couple different reasons. So it could be a certain amount of time has passed and you didn't get a reply. Or if you do get a reply or if you don't get a reply, just if one week goes by or however much time, it'll go back to the top of your inbox. The idea is you can just click the boomerang button, get it to do whatever you intend for it to do. Hmm. Uh, and then you can be reminded, but it, it's archived and it gets out of your inbox which is kind of the idea that you can like complete completely like get through your inbox and have things happen. Um, so it's great because you don't have to set like reminders elsewhere or anything like that. You could sort of simulate it by setting a reminder in like outlook in the calendar and say in two days, remind me about this email boomerang handles it all. And there's a couple other functions in there too. I think you can put like notes on a specific email so oh, nice. you could say, you know, this will boomerang. And if you want to make sure you remember why you're boomeranging it, then you could put the notes in there. Oh, that sounds really useful. Mm -hmm. it, it's really cool. And it, I think you get some free functionality. Um, and then if you pay, I think it's maybe like 10 bucks a month or $5 a month, then it's basically like unlimited usage. So, and here's one sort of use case that's really helpful um, to have that is let's say you're going through your inbox and you're replying back to emails. Sometimes when you reply back to an email, you may get like one or even more responses back to it. So 
let's say you have 20 emails, you're replying back and you're like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through. I'm going to get to inbox zero. And then as you're going down, you're getting like two, three more emails in response. So if you delay it by like an hour or two, then at least you can get them to go out the door, <laughs> like be sent. And then when you when you're working through your inbox, you can at least have the satisfaction that you're like replying and your inbox isn't like, you know, re accumulating again. I don't know if I'm using the right word there, but you're not getting more emails as you're going. I see. Actually, are you a boomerang salesperson? No, but I I should be. (laughs) I'm also a client. Um, Hair club for men. Sorry. So I manage our credit card bill here. And so every month I send Doug an email and I'm like, hey, credit card is due. Let me know when we can pay it. And I just flag that email like as unread. So it's so I can don't lose it. But I would love to be able to boomerang it because, you know, sometimes it takes Doug a day or two to get back to me. Sometimes I have to remind him again. And uh, yeah, that's frustrating. I would like that functionality. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Learning all sorts of stuff today. I already forgot the first thing I learned. What was that? Action required. Action required. And that was the good one. Yep. Action. Oh, you know what? I'm going to start putting that in my emails to you. All caps. Action required. What I'll do, I'll just, I'll make a rule. You only need to tell me if it's over a certain amount. So that should pretty much eliminate um, you needing to tell me. So we're solving all sorts of problems here. We'll get back to you first time we uh, like bounce our credit card payment. <laughs> so a couple other things, just me personally, at this point, I don't have to deal with a corporate email. So I still get a lot of emails in and I don't get as many, but I think I need to take some action on them. I have an internet marketing blog and a YouTube channel. So I get emails from readers and like, subscribers and viewers. And sometimes they're asking some question. Now, this is tricky, right? Because I, I want to stay knowledgeable about the questions that people are asking and understand, you know, the audience and stuff. But at some point, it's like too many emails. And hey, guess what? I've answered that question a lot of times. And I can't blame people for asking. Apparently, I'm really approachable and people think they could just send me one email and get like free help and stuff like that. So I must seem really nice and helpful just in general. But at some point, <laughs> sorry, spontaneous <laughs> laughter. You're what you are very nice and helpful. But at some point, it's like it's a little frustrating because it's hard to keep up. And I have like uh, an assistant that helps me with some of the emails, and I have a little bit of a system to you know help alleviate some of the common questions. But I mean, the fact is, I can't. Well, I can't afford to just answer people's questions for free one-on-one. That's why I do the blog because hundreds and thousands of people can read it. And that's why I do the YouTube channel. So the point is I get a lot of emails and I do struggle. And that's one of the big things that I'm trying to figure out. How can I still reply to the emails without literally just doing something for free with like people that don't, that are not customers. They don't pay me any money. They're just people that read the blog. So I'm trying, I struggle with that. And, you know, I try and do my best. And in fact, I reply back to almost all the emails. It just takes me a little bit longer. And the way I deal with it, or at least try to, you know, number one, my personal email gets behind. And a lot of times what I do is I just deal with the emails that I need to 
each day, like probably during the work week. And then it accumulates. And sometimes I'll end up with maybe 50 or 60 emails in the inbox where I've taken action and replied back on stuff that I need to. But there's other things where maybe someone just asked me a question. Maybe someone is asking me to do something for them. And I'm like, I'm not sure. Most of the time I don't do those things. Those are things like, Hey Doug, can like, can you feature my product on your channel? And there's literally nothing in it for me and all upside for them. And they're asking me to do work. Usually that gets uh, ignored. So it takes me some time to work through them. The other hard part, and I think everyone probably deals with this now, where you get uh, just various email updates from different companies that you're dealing with, other services, and just little update emails. Do you get a lot of these um, on your personal email? I do. I mean, if you bought one thing from, uh, I'll use a company that's out of business, Linens and Things. Like if you bought one thing from Linens and Things 20 years ago, then you get an email from them once a week now. Right. So, and I mean, the hard part, I I try to unsubscribe for a lot of those, but I use like various software products like Boomerang, like um, just SEO tools and such. And there's little updates here and there. So just over time, like they add up. And that's one area where I think a couple, couple weeks ago, we're about to take a trip and I wanted to clear the inbox and I saw in my tab for updates in Gmail, I had like 800 emails. Oh my. And I mean, most of them are like, no action needs to be taken. And what I did, I just went back six weeks and basically archived everything. Cause I was like, if six weeks passed and I didn't do anything, it's probably fine. I probably don't need to take any action. And if so, someone is going to ask again. So that, that was helpful. I just, I think it's, declaring uh, email bankruptcy and you're just like, fuck it. I'm getting rid of everything. <laughs> and if something comes up again, then I'll take action then. I like so. that term. I'm going to declare email bankruptcy. And I just recently decided, um, Hey, I don't have to live like this uh, in my personal email with all the, the marketing emails that have just accumulated over time. I think I had just sort of accepted it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's just what it is. You get, all these emails from every company you've ever walked into. And then I realized, hey, I don't have to live like this. And so what I'm trying to do, I think, is like once a day or once a week or whatever to just go through, like you said, and unsubscribe. And so instead of trying to tackle it all at once, which I think is really overwhelming, I'm like linens and things. So I can pick on a company that's out of business, but I get the linens and things email and I'm like, I I don't even live where there's a linens and things anymore, especially since we moved to Montana. We don't even have access to a lot of stores like on site. Like, well, if I'm never going to buy from linens and things, I'm just going to unsubscribe. And my personal emails have gone way down because honestly, most of the people that I care about that I want to stay in touch with on, on a personal real basis, I call. I'm not sending emails to my friends. Maybe other people do, but I'm more of a, you know, a phone talker talker, uh, than to sit down and write an email. Okay. Yeah. Good point. There you go. So yeah, I do struggle a bit keeping up with the emails, but you know, the other thing that I do, and I picked this up from uh, the Charles Duhigg book, um, smarter, faster, better, something like mm-hmm. that. 
I put a lot of pressure on myself before I send the emails thinking, oh, I need to make like a, a longer reply and really be thorough. But instead, it, or I need to like go through my whole inbox and there's 50 messages. Instead, sometimes what I do, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to reply back to five or six of them. I don't care what order or what real priority they have. And I'm going to keep the replies like short and concise, maybe one to two sentences. So it's not like I have to over deliver via email. I can just answer the question or be slightly helpful, just get the emails out. And even just hitting, you know, five of them, you're knocking out 10% and making it a little bit easier. You do that a couple days in a row and your inbox isn't as out of control as it was. Great, huh? Yeah, this is off. This is pretty, uh, pretty exciting. When Doug said we were going to do a, an episode on email, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Here we've been rambling on for quite a while. I don't think I have anything else to say about emails. All right, cool. So a little bit of a recap here. I say don't worry about like sorting your emails too much. Maybe you can do some sorting, do some filtering to get things out of your inbox that you don't necessarily need to see. Um, there's, you know, a few different tools you can use to make things easier, like Boomerang. I like it a lot. And like I said, it's definitely for Gmail. And I think they have an Outlook um, version as well. There's a lot of cool uh, features with that. And you may not use all of them, but at least a couple of them are going to be pretty helpful. Yeah. And uh, just remember, anything you put in an email could go anywhere else. I know we uh, talked about all caps in a subject line, but if you didn't know, all caps kind of means you're yelling. <laughs> so <laughs> use that sparingly. Um, some people don't take to that too kindly. Yeah, I was going to say, especially when I get an email like that from a person that I don't know, and it's like all caps or anything sort of rude, then I'm pretty much, and, and I'm in a unique situation. But yeah, I mean, if someone's asking me to do something for them and they're rude, then I mean, you could expect um, either nothing back or for me to mark their email as spam. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't even get into the etiquette of email. We'll find some sources on that and put them in the show notes so we don't talk about that. But yeah, there's tons of email etiquette, especially in the corporate, the corporate world. So we'll find some stuff on that. I highly recommend on your phones to you know, turn off the banners, turn off the notifications and make the email a tool that you use and not something that you know makes noise and vibrates and then you're like a slave to your phone and email and anyone else that like sends you an email. In fact, uh, one of my friends, Ravi, he changes his phone to grayscale. So it's less enticing. And Elizabeth, you recently did that, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, I just actually turned it back to grayscale as we're talking. I have a little shortcut. It's like a triple click that'll turn it to grayscale. And I kind of, I do it on and off, but it's sort of hard for me to figure out where my apps are because there, I, I didn't realize how much I looked at them by the colors. So it kind of bugs me to have it in grayscale. It's definitely less appealing. Just one of the one of the tools to make your phone less of something that you want to look at. Right. And this, I mean, we're doing this series on productivity and we're talking email productivity, but this is just like a, a mind hack to make yourself happier is like 
get rid of the phone a little mm-hmm. bit. Like I charge my phone away from the, where I sleep in the bed. So I have to go like across the house to get to my phone. So, uh, 90% of the time I'm not like immediately checking my phone. Um, sometimes I do sometimes the bed uh, or the phone's right next to me, but a lot of the time phone's far away. So little things like that. And one of them is to make your phone less fun. Every now and then I will take apps and move them to another screen or move their spot. So I can't like automatically go to Instagram. I have to like look and hunt for it. So that's another trick. Just like move your icons around. So you don't know, or you don't remember exactly where they're at or just move things like three, four screens away. So it's harder to get to. All right. We're getting off topic emails, but I think we're done, right? Yep. I was getting pretty far off topic there at the end, which is funny, but it's relevant in that, you know, it was all around productivity and not getting distracted. And actually in the last few days, I turned on the, like the screen time monitoring on my iPhone and put limits on like Instagram and some of the other social apps, which some of the apps I don't use uh, socially, but I use it more as tools or communication mechanisms, right? So like uh, WhatsApp, I use that for like conferencing sometimes and just uh, chatting with friends or family, but not in a, you know, quote unquote social aspect now, or like social media aspect. But um, one thing that I, every now and then, not too often, I don't think I will waste quite a bit of time looking at like Instagram and it's literally uh, like zero value. (laughs) Like I get very little out of it and it is literally a way to like get distracted. So that's been helpful. And, you know, sometimes it is good to get distracted after I've finished my work maybe, or if it's just like a, a time slot where I can waste time, that's fine. You know, it's slightly entertaining sometimes, but there's no like real utility other than like distraction and there's plenty of distractions. So I really don't need extra help on that. I mentioned that I was going to talk about a tip that has been helpful for me in the last couple weeks. Now you can imagine from the episode, I like to have, you know, good email productivity Uh, tactics or just an overall strategy so it doesn't like suck me into, you know, a place where I don't want to go. However, what what happened is I kind of got out of my routine. So we recently moved. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, um, my schedule sort of got was impacted quite a bit. So I had to spend a few weeks, several weeks trying to sell the house, trying to pack up drive down um, like a 10, 12 hour drive multiple times and move in, right? So moving can be time consuming to say the least. And it can also take up a lot of your like mental energy. So I did a lot of work ahead of time so that I could take the time off and not worry so much about, you know, getting podcast episodes together, writing blog posts, YouTube videos, et cetera. And that was great. And then when I got, you know, when I got a little more settled, um, I still wasn't in a routine, but what I had was like a backlog in my inboxes. So I have my personal email, 
my business email, my you know customer support email, and they're all like different buckets. They all have a different level of priority. And kind of what happened is I just got sucked into checking email all the time because I was behind in various areas. Now, the customer support email, those are actual paying customers. Those are students of mine. So that was like number one priority. I had someone monitoring the email account ongoing and I was checking in even when I had my like days off while I was moving. The whole point here is I realized I kept going to my three to four different inboxes hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. And I was responding back to essentially low priority emails that didn't really matter. Some of them were, you know, just chores for me, right? Like someone sends me an email to ask a question and I have no relationship with them, right? They're not a student of mine. They're not a a potential student of mine. They're just someone asking a question and I would reply back, right? I would reply back and it's not a bad thing, right? Uh, I guess potentially sometime in the future, I could work with them. So it's not oh, it's not like inherently a bad thing, but it wasn't a high priority for me. And it literally, it was someone sending me an email and then it became, became a, uh, you know, a chore for me. It became a piece of work that I needed to do to help them. Again, not inherently bad, but I think you can see the issue at scale when I have a reasonable size audience, I may get you know, 10 emails a day asking me some question and sometimes a response, like if I really went deep, a response may take 15 minutes. You multiply that out and it's pretty easy to see that uh, all of a sudden I can get roped into, you know, an hour or two of sending email replies for things that don't really matter, or at least they don't matter Uh, from a time perspective, I don't have to reply back right away. So that said, I would end up, you know, maybe sending a few emails out, maybe putting some time into it. And then I would send out, say, 10 emails, I get five responses back before I even finish answering all 10 of them. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I should just take my own advice and in many cases. Um, And what I realized when I stepped back and I got out of the reactionary mode there, I realized that I should be batching my emails at a time when I can work on them and I can uh, maybe time block it so I can go a little bit more quickly. And I don't, maybe the responses aren't as thorough, but I can, uh, you know, figure out the proper Uh, level of response depending on, you know, who was emailing me and what they needed, that sort of thing. So anyway, sometimes you just got to take your own advice. And like I said, batching the emails, tremendously helpful, even in the last couple weeks. Um, I've gone back to, you know, putting the phone in another room to make sure um, that I don't pick it up first thing and check my email. And instead, um, I'm getting up, doing my normal little morning routine, have some coffee, drink some water, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm in, I'm going to the gym and I'm like working out for like 30 minutes to an hour plus before I do anything. 
Um, and I, I've been feeling great with that. Um, just having some physical activity uh, really changes the shape of my morning, I guess. So anyway, we will leave it at that for this episode and be sure to check out the next two episodes. Deep Work is uh, part three in the series. One of my favorite topics, really interesting and it really goes hand in hand with what I mentioned before where I was like just refreshing email boxes, like replying back to emails, like feeling busy but really not getting anything done. And then the fourth and final productivity uh, part is the uh, priorities. It's all about priorities, figuring out what to work on. Again, all these things kind of go hand in hand. And when you put them together, a lot of times you'll find you're getting a lot more done. So thanks a lot for listening and be sure to check out some of the other episodes. If you happen to not be subscribed to The Doug Show, please subscribe. I really do appreciate it. Hey, it's me again, and I just wanted to remind you that I do have a voicemail, and you can call in, leave me a message. So we got our first message the other day, and that's going to be coming up on an upcoming episode. So just check the show notes or description, and you'll be able to see the voicemail number, and you literally can call in and leave a message if you don't want to, and you prefer the written word send an email over to feedback at doug.show and I will see that email, potentially read it on the air. You can ask questions, leave me details, all that sort of thing. So love to get feedback from you just in general. And it's great to get questions, especially those voicemail messages. So we'll catch you next time. Thank you.